When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This episode is sponsored by PlayStation UK to celebrate the newly released samurai blockbuster epic Ghost of Tsushima. Available on PS4 now. Hello there, movie truthers. It's Michael Leader back here once again with one of these remote Truth and Movies podcasts, and I'm very thrilled to welcome back David Jenkins. Thanks for having me. Hi, David. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad, not bad. You know, we were just uh, catching up just then about how well small children are both asleep, and obviously when they're asleep, we get the the podcast train rolling. So. Uh, that's always a bit of fun <laughs> without without always. quadruple scotches and uh, clove cigarettes and, you know, just rocking out. <laughs> it's funny you mention that, actually, because one thing that I definitely do when the baby's asleep is uh, that's when the video games start, ah. <laughs> which ties in quite well with what we're going to be talking about this week. There's this new video game, Ghost of Tsushima, that's come out for the PlayStation that's very influenced by samurai movies. It's the new game from the, the PlayStation developer Sucker Punch Games. Nothing to do with Zack Snyder. Um, Alas. And they they made the sort of big open world games infamous uh, on, the, on the last couple of PlayStation platforms. And they are doing a, a similar open world approach to a samurai epic story with Ghost of Tsushima. I'm only a few hours in, so I can't really make any kind of grand statements or opinion on it. But it's been really interesting to see that genre that we're familiar with, Red Dead Redemption, Grand Theft Auto, that sort of game, Assassin's Creed, but set in a historical period in Japan using some of these tropes that we may recognise from the movies. And the, it's always a perennial conversation, isn't it, about video games and their relationship with the movies, some more pronounced than others. Um, so maybe a great opportunity to talk about perhaps the films that inspired a game like this. Absolutely, absolutely. It actually reminds me of a game that I was a bit obsessed with, way, way, way back when. It was a, it wasn't a, it wasn't an open world, um, like kind of RPG or whatever. You is this an RPG or is, is it, am I off, off off base there with that? I mean, it's it's open world in the sense of these recent games like an Assassin's Creed or Red Dead Redemption, where you there are RPG elements where you are leveling up your character through experience points and unlocking new abilities and weapons and, and all that right but what was the game you're thinking of oh so this was the, the a game that i was obsessed with it uh, is from it must be from the early 90s called samurai showdown oh that sounds familiar it's like a beat it's from? like a beat-em-up um it was on it was on the snes and um 
one of the things that was really amazing about it the, for, for my kind of pr- like potentially pre mid teen self was that at the end of each bout it was very much like a kind of street fighter setup you, you know side view two two fighters fighting and most of them are all kind of like different varieties of of, of samurai and um and at the end very occasionally if you i think if you if you're able to beat your opponent and with without losing like half of your health you do this kind of special jab with your sword and this kind of spurt of blood comes out and that <laughs> that for a kind of uh, you know that that for a for a an early 90s game was pretty like full on that was kind of it, it was like this this little tiny bit of pixelated gore that you kind of you, you kind of hope and pray every single bout that you you would get to see it was it was a it was weird times but it was a, it was a fun game something to dig out yeah. maybe <laughs> dust off remake for modern day console i think it's i think it's actually available in, in i think it's massive in japan and it had many many versions and sequels and i i think pretty much all of them are available on the switch in the switch shop mm-hmm. for like a quid or something so if you were so inclined to see some like pixelated gore it's an interesting time for samurai uh, video games. There was a game that came out maybe last year, at least in the last year, um, called Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice. I don't know if that's on your radar. No, no, David. It's a uh, you know, hard as nails, unforgiving game from the people who made games like Dark Souls and Bloodborne. Um, too hard for me. Absolutely amazing world. One of those ones where you, you can be killed in one hit by a baddie, by the lowest of the low baddie. Oh God! A random. Uh, henchmen can come up and uh, thoroughly embarrass you if you're not on on your toes Uh, but that's one that's sort of in the more supernatural realm of samurai storytelling whereas uh, Ghost of Tsushima it tries to be a bit more like one of these epic melodramas they've nailed their influences on their sleeve um, by having this Akira Kurosawa mode that had had headlines going around the internet a week or so ago when it was announced where you can play the game in normal mode, which is in full kind of glorious colour. You can play it with a Japanese dub language track, or you play it in the Akira Kurosawa mode, which is a crackly film grain, black and white with deep dark black shadows. Wow. Which I suppose is to to uh, um, mimic the the style of his fifties and sixties samurai movies, like Throne of Blood and Sanjuro Yunjimbo and uh, Seven Samurai I suppose yeah, yeah. perhaps not the glorious colour of his later samurai films right. but I suppose it's interesting this is a western developed game and they are very influenced by Akira Kurosawa who for many people in the west and the states and in Europe was the face of samurai feature filmmaking well he, he I mean Kurosawa was the the, the reason why Japanese film was kind of unlocked in the West um, when Rashomon won the uh, the Golden Lion in in Venice. It was really the first sort of big Japanese hit to be to to, to get a kind of decent, sizable release in in and 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 basically open up so much Japanese cinema that wasn't really traveling that far. So um, I mean, Rashomon is probably probably wouldn't be described as a uh a samurai film um even though it's kind of tangent 
tan- tangential to that world and, 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 and occurs in a time of samurai. Um, but um, yeah, it, it, I guess um, Kurosawa became probably the most, fa- you know, his most famous and well-known films are his samurai films. I wouldn't, I, I, I'm not necessarily, I'm not someone who would necessarily say that, 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 that his samurai films are my favourite of his films, but, you know, it's kind of unquestionable how iconic they are, how how they kind of set the template for kind of um, a lot of kind of future generations and not, not just films, but like, you know, TV serials and, and whatnot. And, 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 that 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 kind of covers the action but also the kind of the our familiarity with the law uh the history the costuming and 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 many of the little kind of i guess quirks of being a samurai which i guess we'll go into in this episode through looking at a couple of our our faves yeah i i think that, that we both have a bit of a patchwork understanding of of samurai films, neither of us have gone completely down the rabbit hole. Although we, we both are, you know, have our areas of interest uh, within Japanese cinema. Not to go too nerdy, but of course, there's the maybe the samurai film we're looking at is what's known as shambara films, which is one of those beautiful onomatopoeic terms in Japanese. The the, the sound that swords make when they clash. Um, that's a subgenre within the Jedi Geki, which is period films, and I suppose. That subgenre of samurai films is a genre as big as the Western. It's a setting, it's a as well as a set of tropes and a storytelling tradition rather than a genre. It, they, these films can be set in a t- time periods that can span centuries. They can be melodramas, they can be more comedic in nature, they can be just kind of grimy action movies full of gore, or they can be. Uh, in the way that the Western or the war movie becomes in Hollywood, reflections of post-war national identity and a a reassessment of that, maybe a revisionism of that, uh, in some quite political filmmaking in the 50s, 60s, 70s onwards. So really complex tradition, really, that often in sort of casual film fan terms just gets boiled down into cool fight sequences in a a Kill Bill type film. Uh, But a whole world that's, you know, we can only dip our toe into in a chat now. Maybe we can pick a couple of our favourites. Um, do you have one to start us off with, David? On just yeah, yes. But I mean, on on that note, very quickly, it definitely is worth mentioning that um, it seems that like samurai films definitely aren't. If if you're looking for kind of wall to wall action, clang, clashing swords and 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 people, you know, jumping off of little like kind of huts and things like that. This is is it's rare. I mean, I can't. It's hard to think of a of a of a, of a samurai f- based film that that gives you it all. Maybe some of the ones that were being made in the seventies and eighties that were, I kind of erred on the side of exploitation and 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 you know genre were a bit more focused on the kind of action and 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 the the, the gory elements of of, of of or gory possibilities of these stories but um yeah it's 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 it is kind of fascinating that that a lot of films that that deal with samurai characters aren't necessarily like you know they're not that it's more like they're more kind of like i guess they kind of 
I guess in the same way as westerns, it's never just like shooting and shooting and shooting. I mean, you ha- you know, the, 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 you do end up having that release, but there is there is a lot of talking and there's machismo and there's all these other kind of things. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess one that I um, one that I've I, I've I love that I kind of recently re- revisited was the film Harakiri, mm-hmm. which um, which is really quite quite something, and it's like this this absolute masterpiece of 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 kind of slow released storytelling where the film opens with a with a kind of what what a, who appear, a guy who appears as a kind of disgraced samurai um um entering into the courtyard of this no, this noble house and requesting to commit seppuku in their in their yard as is as is a tradition and um the, the the kind of master of the house essentially tell like unasked for tells him this story about this other young young uh samurai who'd asked to 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 commit seppuku in the house and uh and um the, the, there's apparently this thing where they where 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 the where impoverished samurai basically pretend that they want to commit seppuku but they actually just want to get money to be told to go away and uh, you, know, they're, they're, you know they're essentially kind of beggars who are kind of at, at the lowest um grade in their lives and he tells he tells of this young boy who who essentially is that they 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 coerce him into like killing himself with with some like fake bamboo swords because he's even sold his own sword so he, this young kid has the most agonizing death and it's really kind of you know it, it's 64 so you're kind of on that r- cusp of you know between the you know what could be a kind of xx rated like gore film of the most extreme horrific variety and something that's maybe a little bit more kind of tasteful and it feels a bit more you know theatrical i guess i mean this film is this film does have quite a theatrical element to it because it is largely people talking people re, you know remembering things telling stories lying to one another um uh and essentially this this plot this this incredible like slow release plot plays out where the the the, the samurai who has come to kill himself he's i mean he, he he is very earnest about his uh his desire but it transpires that he knows much more and has and and uh, has done much more off camera and things that we haven't seen to 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 sort of other related characters that uh, and 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 it kind of transpires that he maybe has more of an upper hand than 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 this than this uh, noble noble nobleman thinks and yeah it's i mean the, the it, i mean i i I'm, i can't quite believe that i've attempted to even try and relay the story of the film because it is <laughs> very complex and it is it is one that you just need to absolutely be completely it's it's really slow it's really stately and you have but you absolutely have to be completely locked into it because it's one of those ones where as long as you're kind of with it for like the first sort of slow talky hour the second like hour and a half absolutely just lands sucker punch after sucker punch um and it is it really is about like you know it's a samurai film in the sense that it's it's a it's an absolutely withering critique of samurai codes of honor 
um, and the hypocrisy of of being of of certain of like being a samurai or, or, or certain sam- samurais using the, using this kind of very vaunted noble position to um, to to basically like get by to, to 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 get by in their lives and to to use it as a way to bully and murder people and not have to to pay for it. Um, one, one little detail that I that I really love is that there there that do you do you know what the highest form of you you probably will know this but do you know what the highest form of humiliation for a samurai is? Go ahead, tell me. It is having your top knot cut off. Uh huh. So that's that is that is a disgrace so horrendous that even even forced suicide can barely atone. Mm. So <laughs> there's these little funny, funny elements about taking these, the, taking the samurai top knot off, and it being like the ultimate dis- disgrace. And like the kind of on one side, there's sort of there's something quite poetic about that, and on the other, there's something that's completely absurd about it as well. And you know, the film, the film just throws up all these kind of absurdities about the honor code. And uh, and I actually do think that some of my most of my favorite samurai films do kind of explore that side of things like you know the absurdity and i mean I, I think that a lot of kurosawa does that really well as well so um but yeah i've 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 uh, are you familiar with the film with harakiri i, I am yeah I, I watched it a long time ago um as an example of i i believe the subgenre that the, the, is, is cruel jidaigeki ah where it's it really is just this revisionism about the absurdity and violence that lay behind these outmoded codes of honor. Um, but it's Tetsuya Nakadai, isn't it, in that film? Yeah. Is, is the, the, the main the main bloke. He yeah. is, of course, one of the actors who shows up in many of these samurai films in this subgenre. And um, one film I rewatched recently was Sanjuro, the sequel to Yojimbo. Those are mm-hmm. the two lone ronin samurai films that... Um, Kurosawa made with Toshio Mifune in the early 60s and Tatsuya Nakadai t- comes up as the antagonist in Sanjuro and that's exactly what you say about this sort of absurdity to the society uh, or the, the, the social fabric of the time uh, what's so entertaining about Sanjuro and Yojimbo is that you have Mifune as just this sort of lout of a ronin a samurai with no, with no cause, no master who... Uh, I, I, I read that Yojimbo was such a hit that they just parachuted the character into the film they were next going to make, which was Sanjuro. And the way that he's introduced in that film is fantastic, where you have a bunch of local um, uh, local well-doers talking about how there's corruption uh, in, in town. It's basically just a, a, a face-off between local magistrates. And they're, they're talking about, oh, how, if only there was somebody who could help us in this inn they're sitting in and then there's just like some grumbling in the next room and Mifune just wanders in kind of scratching his the back of his head saying does someone need some help <laughs> and he's fantastic in these films I mean he's a, an incredible actor one of the best one of those handsome men as well but in Sanjuro he embodies a quality that he really does come back to time and again with Kurosawa in films like Rashomon as well the, the sense of almost a human monkey always moving yeah. has this physicality to him that is so unpredictable he's referred to in Sanjuro as an unsheathed sword 
which is another theme that comes back with a lot of these Ronin type films where really a, a samurai as well as being um, you know a finely honed human weapon therefore also attracts a violence wherever they go they, they are a whirlwind of violence and Sanjuro as a film is, is him reckoning with that trying to figure out a way of using his wits to um, resolve the situation by posing as uh, like he's going to actually team up with the the local mob boss but instead is, is often foiled at every turn by the guys that he's seeking to help they think they're helping the situation but actually they're uh, they're undoing his plan and in the end he has to just live by the sword and Sanjuro ends with a, a really brilliant duel sequence which I know is what influenced the video game we were talking about earlier that sort of iconic samurai showdown where it's almost like a western standoff two 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 men two two characters standing facing each other then suddenly a flash of a sword and a sort of everyone holds their breath for a second or more or a minute until one of them keels over was Sanjuro's great um innovation back in the early 60s was it would be accompanied with a, an, an arterial spurt of blood which after a film which actually kind of you know, holds its uh, nerve quite well in the gore department it has a, ma- a wonderful splash at the end but it's a complicated one because Mifune's character has been wrestling with being an unsheathed sword all the way through and that's the only way to resolve the situation at the end but I know what you mean as well that you say that they are these moments of release but throughout the genre you do have this sense of it's action sequences within dramas rather than wall-to-wall action I mean that those those like Sanjuro and, and Yujimbo were obviously like the the kind of I guess they sort of if not introduced then they certainly kind of brought this idea of like the 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 the, the, char- the, the kind of the lovable rogue who plays two sides against the middle and is kind mm-hmm. of his own you know his 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 own person and 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 is very easy you know very easily able to kind of endear himself to people and 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 cause cause you know essentially become a kind of catalyst for other kind of clashes um so i i i watched a film last night which i which i had on on a blu-ray which i just never got around to watching which is um Hideo Gosha's Three Outlaw Samurai from 1964, same same year as Harakiri, and it was really it's a real. So I think where Harakiri is like big and bold and dark and 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 almost kind of operatic in its kind of style. This this is kind of a this this sits somewhere closer to the to the uh, y- Yojimbo Sanjuro uh, side of things where it's more of a kind of fun you know it has more of a kind of fun side to it and the characters are maybe a little bit more archetypal but you you in this so the the the, the, the sort of story in this film is like you have these three peasants and they have they've taken a uh a, a, a noble woman uh, hostage and she is the she's the daughter of the local magistrate and he uh uh they 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 have kind of complained to him about something and and he's refused to sort of listen to their complaints they've that they've decided to sort of t- take it up up a notch and the film begins with 
pretty much it sounds like, like identical to how Sanjiro begins with a kind of scruffy um, Ronin uh, just wandering it like an, this kind of outlaw wandering in off off the street into a barn looking for some f- food and just happens across these three chances who have got no idea what they're doing way way out of their depth and uh he he essentially starts to kind of stage manage them and and advise them on how they could like you know up their enterprise and uh you know what he would do and how you know maybe you want to do this and that and the other and there there is there is there there is a there is eventually a bit of a clash because uh the uh and and you you have all the all these so all these other samurai are then hired to come and kill the original samurai and the the the, the samurai all get talking between each other and they they're talking about the morals and ethics of who they should be fighting for and he's explaining why that he's on these guys side and they're explaining why they're on these guys sides and gradually everyone sort of doesn't doesn't quite swap sides but but there is lots of like moving between the, the these poles of of of, of right and wrong and you know we as the viewers can obviously see who who the goodies and the baddies are so you know we can kind of see that it, i guess it's less like sanjuro in that like pretty much everyone or, or, or your jimbo where everyone except toshiro mifune is like a baddie <laughs> um but, but but you know this this is kind of like you know that the, the, i guess the seven samurai element of like the, the the samurai coming to the aid of the of the oppressed peasants um and then uh yeah but 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 there but by i think it's a film that sort of lures you into a sense that it's going to be quite like a bit like rio bravo when it's like when you're in a, in a sink you know you kind of you have these characters and they're boxed in and there are people surrounding them and that, that it's going to have that kind of interior exterior playoff in terms of the in terms of dramatics but like actually it kind of halfway through the film it, it kind of flips out and becomes more of a of a, of maybe a bit more conventional action film where you know the, the 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 these three outlaw samurai have have eventually kind of bonded and decide to just you know take take everyone down basically <laughs> with but obviously wrestling with their own sense of morality and 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 and, and having these kind of like existential and romantic crises along the way but it's really really good fun beautifully shot it's just, it's 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 Hideo Gosha's debut film as well which is which kind wow. of makes it doubly impressive he went on to make tons and tons of uh, of other samurai films as well so um and his second one was also quite his second one was called Sword of the Beast which was also on Criterion and, is, and was another I think he's that those two were, were were pretty much his biggest hits so um but yeah, worth worth seeking that one out, I think. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. 
Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Yeah, I, I mean no disrespect when I say this, but I wonder if the samurai movie as a genre, at least these films we're talking about, are almost like Japanese dad movies. In, 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 the, sen- in, in the sense of these p- period films, often about masculinity, men being men and surviving on their wits with a bit of danger a bit of melodrama they'd sit along very well on a sunday afternoon on on a on telly wouldn't they alongside those westerns if it weren't for the violence i've been thinking while we're talking are there any films that break out of that vibe maybe something that's a bit more edgy a bit more stylish and i I, i've got here box set next to me of um some very violent films um uh, uh the lone wolf and cub series or oh, the Baby Cart series. Uh, the film's been translated in various different ways. These were sort of a bit more on the exploitation end of the spectrum in the 70s, where, well, the the, the film style is, 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 is off the charts in terms of the blood you see on screen, the dismemberments you see on screen. The, the one I watched most recently uh, was the second film in the franchise, which many people think is the strongest, um, called Baby Cart at the River Styx. The story of the franchise, um, it's actually very well known because uh, the, the the first couple of films were uh, torn apart and reassembled with a synth soundtrack in 1980 as a film called Shogun Assassin which uh, pops up in Kill Bill Volume 2 I think right. um, it's the film that Bill is showing to uh, the little girl when uh, when Uma Thurman finally gets to his house um, and any fan of Wu-Tang Clan knows that these films very well because they pretty much sample all of the dialogue the, from Shogun Assassin all over their first couple of albums uh, where a, a very high ranking samurai for a shogun um, is betrayed and be turned into an enemy of the state and he has to hightail it with his young son in a baby cart and then goes through a very um, dark and violent version of Japan where everybody is basically out to get him and he cannot escape the violence. It's based on a long-running manga series which is an absolutely brilliant manga um, but the films are just incredible. We're talking about how restrained some of these other films are. Um, Baby Cart at the River Sticks has an incredible scene where one offshoot of the clan that 
want to hunt him down has uh, a sort of coterie of ninjas, uh, female ninjas, and one of the clan leaders is saying, well, how how powerful can these women be? And the leader of the, the ninja said, oh, give us your strongest, your strongest uh, swordsman. And he comes in, stands in the middle of the room, and they say, all he needs to do is get out of this room. He said, oh, that's easy for any skilled fighter. He's just in one leap, he can go out a window. And the guy jumps and immediately is just set upon by these four or five women who just dismember him in a series of shots some of which are very tactically done some of which are very explicit you just see him having his leg chopped off arm chopped off nose chopped off ear chopped off until he's finally just a a rump of man rolling around on the floor Um, uh, yeah so a little bit different from some of the other films we saw but as you said even the film like that will have maybe 45 minutes in the middle of a ronin a man with no cause, a man with no you know, social system to fit into, just moping about trying to find his place in between the moments of violence. So the, 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 there's this melodramatic heart at these films. And I wonder, Davey, Davey I've, I've, I've not seen, I've not watched the, the more lavish um, Kurosawa films uh, uh, within this genre, the sort of the Rams and the Kagemushas, his later gl- beautifully shot films, the, cl- the colour ones anyway, for quite a while and do they flip the script on this at all or are they similar? Um, th- I guess they are similar, I mean uh, the one that I'm probably most familiar with is Ran which which um, uh, which is his take on um, King Lear um, I guess it kind of is a is a is something of a partner a kind of color partner piece to Throne of Blood, which is which is his Macbeth. Um, by this point in his in his career, which is you know much later, he he was he he was film he was the, the, he was filming in color. Um, he'd had he'd made a film in the sixties called Redbeard, which was a kind of is a is actually a really brilliant kind of hospital soap opera starring um Toshiro Mifune um and that the, the, they had this kind of huge falling out because um <laughs> I think it's something to do with the fact that Mifune's character he was called Red Beard because he had a red beard and uh Kurosawa insists that it was his own beard and then he then proceeded to take two years to film the film the film so <laughs> uh, um, Mifune was really uh, cheesed off that he couldn't then be in any other films because because he had to keep this this bushy red beard, um, and uh, and so that they, by that point that their their kind of lengthy I think sixteen or seventeen film partnership had had kind of tailed off, um, and and I think in in these later films especially like Kagamusha and uh, and Ran. It, these these are more these feel more like whereas those early films it feels like a collaboration it feels like you know almost like the sort of Scorsese De Niro era this 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 feels like these these films feel like this is pure Kurosawa this is him kind of doing you know living out his dreams um, you know the, these films are like lavishly coloured. Um, like eye scorching in in some respects, um, the, the the kind of tenor of the performances is com- is completely like fever pitch throughout, um, and yet somehow manages to be 
quite emotional. I mean, you know, he, 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 the, the the kind of you know the essence of, of of Lear is is kind of is really kind of bottled up, and the and the drama and the and the and the sense of of regret and remorse from this from 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 this patriarch as to what he's kind of as as you know as 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 the mistakes that he 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 is wrought kind of come back and and bite him in this kind of ep- quite epic fashion um and yeah the fil- the film is the film translates as chaos and the ti- the title ran and yeah it's 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 kind of it does end with this like i think uh, uh, for those who've seen it the the reference will probably make sense but like the the the, the film really segues to the, in in its kind of final final big battle sequence to 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 sort of almost this reference of reference of these of painters like Hieronymus Bosch and Bruegel and and these really quite dark grotesque hellish uh, like visions of 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 a of 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 a literal kind of hell on earth and um you know the the i think that what he 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 by this point it's kind of strange that he, you know, resisted using color for so long, because actually his, you know, his color films are really quite, you know, he's 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 really trying to do something with the with the medium and the way he uses red in this film, like you know these these kind of it's almost like the the blood flecks on the on these very kind of um, scorching green hills are like it's like he's kind of flick painted. The, these hills with blood and it's and, and and it's this very kind of bright red blood like you know you see in horror like hammer horror films in the in the, in the 50s and 60s um so it's it's very kind of you know it's a very kind of expressionist take on 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 the uh um on the samurai film but never never errs into kind of cartoon or parody or uh, or or like you know homage it's very very serious um, and I think I can't remember what. It, oh God, I can't remember what it's called. But there's a there's actually a, a really brilliant. Um, so Chris Marker, the, the 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 French director, sort of es- film essayist, was kind of allowed access on set to to document the making of the film. And 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 I think most most kind of home home editions, digital editions of the film come with that film as a, as a bundle and extra. And it's it's called AK. Listen to it. Yeah, AK. That was it. It was the when I got ran many years ago on DVD. It was the second disc. Yeah, and that that little kind of tufa is just is a really kind of perfect accompaniment. It's like one of the best, like one of the best making of film combos you can really get on. Like it's an absolute jewel of the of the home ends medium. I think so. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know that 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 that's comes at a very 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 high recommendation yeah i suppose we should try and bring ourselves up to date while like the western the samurai movie had its sort of popular pomp in the sort of post-war years the 50s and 60s maybe petering out as the 80s and maybe 90s roll along but there are still it seems like many filmmakers many actors will still have their samurai movie at some point um do you have any highlights from that period david yeah well i i a more recent one that I have I have I've watched that I I enjoyed was the 2003 Zatoichi by Takeshi Kitano. Um, he, he's interesting because he's primarily known for gangster films, um, at like all Yakuza films, and um, 
and again exploring all these ideas of the, of the absurdity of honor and uh uh and 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 some of the some of the rituals that that in, that are involved and are often like you know revolting grotesque um gory rituals um mm-hmm. i mean that, that, you know he there he has he has plenty of gangster films where there are people like disemboweling themselves in that kind of you know for for some even minor perceived slight um but yeah his atoichi i it, it actually reminded me remind i was reminded of it when you were talking about sanjuro and that last sequence at the end where you you kind of there's this flash of flash of steel and suddenly still and then you're kind of waiting to see who's been who's 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 been cut and who's going to drop and this is this is like the the, the opening shot in uh in uh in 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 Kitano's Zatoichi or, or or it's a motif that he comes to a couple of times is you know he is this kind of he, he's he's got short bleach blonde hair he's blind um he's a he's a masseuse uh he's ex yakuza um, but he is this kind of, you know, he, 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 he's sort of wandering the landscape and he's got, uh, in his cane, he's got hidden uh, this kind of, you know, super, super sharp blade. And and he just, you know, peop- I guess it's, this, I guess the kind of concept behind Zatoichi is like, you know, he is, he is seen as someone who is, who, you know, who on the, uh, t- to all appearances seems disadvantaged and someone who easily exploitable and um you know exploitation during during that kind of um you know between sort of 12th 18th century in in japan was like rife so like i guess the the the, the, the sort of general moral of zatoichi is like you know is maybe not the best idea to to take you know to exploit people on their on 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 their looks and their and how and how and their appearances. So, um, but yeah, the, 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 Kitano's is definitely has more of a feel of an homage. Um, mm. It's got it's 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 kind of weird structured film. It's got like it, it, the first kind of hour is 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 about Zatoichi himself, and or, or it's kind of just how he sort of wanders into this situation, and there are there are bad people and good people and people being exploited and he is kind of naturally kind of falling into their in onto their side and willing to help out as and as and when he can and then you have a really big kind of almost like 40 30 40 minute flashback at the end where you see the kind of backstory of these two side characters who are one one is a um a, a, a man, a man dress, a, a man who sort of dresses and acts as a, as a woman. Um, a, a kind of, I guess an early kind of trans character, and then um, you've also got a, a, a woman who is, is essentially a storyline about their their family have been were, were murdered in front of them as they were kids, and then they kind of grew up um, vowing revenge and um, have spent the enti- their their entire kind of adult lives being being like uh, you know giving themselves over to to sort of manifold revolting exploitation but like with with the kind of common goal of like taking down this this kind of feudal lord who'd who'd kind of done all this this dark stuff in the past uh and yeah like i think zatoichi is this kind of you get you you just get these kind of brief explosive action sequences amid the sort of quite sort of slow and delicate storytelling and then by the end the film ends on a 
on a massive tap dance finale that is that is completely <laughs> apropos of nothing like um i think it's sort of you, you know you, you come through this really quite dark and dismal storyline uh and then and then he's like oh let's have a big let's get all the characters who have survived and we'll we'll, we'll have a big old tap dance together um so it's it's almost like it's engineered for you to kind of f- forget the kind of grimness that you've kind of endured and and then you know you you're guaranteed to kind of leave the cinema on a, on a, on a high because you're like oh that was a you know it was like a musical samurai movie <laughs> there's all the there are lots of musical interludes in the films like you know you get like peasants chopping you know in farming and they'll suddenly like be chopping in in a beat and they'll start like nodding at each other and stuff so there's all these little kind of quirky um um you know ref- modern references in there but yeah it's a it's a i i wouldn't say it was one of my favorite katanos um right but but it but it, it was one of his big successes won a won a prize at, at at venice um you know was 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 traveled all over the world and was maybe one of the last i think was pr- pretty much i mean it's 2003 and it was pretty much his one of his last big significant hits um shortly afterwards he did this film called Takeshi's and then that was his last film to ever really get any kind of release and he's made quite a few films since which have never really travelled beyond festivals mm. sadly that that's a anachronistic point or maybe like bending of the genre that you mentioned reminds me of it's not a film but it's an anime TV series that was one of my gateways into samurai fiction I, I suppose it's Samurai Champloo which um, was made it's in the mid two thousands, early two thousands, by the same people who made Cowboy Bebop, right? Um, quite a, quite a famous cult anime series. And Samurai Champloo, um, it you know, from the off shows that it's not going to be a straightforward series. It has a hip hop soundtrack. It show the the interlinking titles are records being spun on decks, but then it is set completely in period. However, characters may be leaking from other time periods. The main character's fighting style is sort of capoeira, breakdance, samurai, uh, and it's a really heady, um, exciting, vibrant film. And it makes me think of a few other um, uh, you know, anime properties that either maybe take an askew look at samurai films or Jedi Geki. Princess Mononoke is sort of Hayao Miyazaki's Jedi Geki samurai movie. There are certain threads within that. That you know, the, the main character is very much wrestling with some of the moral quandaries and, you know, of, of, of the, you know, the violence that he has wrought on the landscape and coming back to curse him. And there's that similar. There's this definitely in that film. There is that similar ambiguity about who are the goodies and who are the baddies and who mm-hmm. who who are do, who's doing what to whom and who deserves their comeuppance. Exactly, and also has limbs being chopped off yes. in, in, in many points. Um, but then also Millennium Actress. I've recently been rewatching all of the films by Satoshi Kon, and Millennium Actress is sort of his salute to Japanese cinema, and there's a whole sequence that restages Throne of Blood, essentially, mm-hmm. and shows that really samurai cinema is a, a very key component of the very fabric of what Japanese cinema is. Um, I was also thinking, it's in the news today, of the comic book Usagi Yojimbo, which is being adapted into a series um, for Netflix. It's by a Japanese cartoonist, Stan Sakai, but he's American-based, so it's an American comic produced by Dark Horse. I I would strongly recommend reading it. It's very long-running. It's been going for 
I think over 30 years now but it's about a rabbit samurai which is literally what the title means I suppose um, but it's really just a vehicle for Stan Sakai to incorporate little short stories or stories of varying length that tackle elements of Japanese history, Japanese culture. I really can't wait to see how they they translate that to the to the small streaming screen. Maybe it'll be like the three D uh, Ghibli films. It could be. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> it could look that good. And speaking of manga adaptations, we've also we've, we've talked about Lone Wolf and Cub. One very recent one made by a, a, a filmmaker who's made many films is uh, Blade of the Immortal, Takeshi Miike. Very cartoony, but it's actually the third of a handful of samurai movies he's made in the last decade, decade and a half, David. Yeah, yeah, he, he made... Um, the, the one that really broke through was, was his 13 Assassins from 2008. And, uh, and then he did, a, he did a 3D remake of Harakiri, uh, which is which was which is a very bold move for him because I'm I wouldn't necessarily have like um, linked that material to a to a filmmaker as kind of playful and and flip as as he as he is. I mean, Mike is kind of just just to add a bit of context. He's like this. He he's a bit of a madman. I mean, he's he's he kind of he he. I think he's he's done over a hundred films. He's he he kind of makes a, a couple a year usually like completely different genres he'll do a kids film and then he'll do a horror film and then he'll do a gangster film and and then he'll do a kids gangster film and then a, a horror samurai <laughs> film and and you know he, he he is the kind of movie mixologist or almost but there but there there are kind of a couple of times when he i guess he steps back and you know it feels like he's sort of doing something big and serious and it feels like some of his 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 samurai films are ones that he's maybe like a, a bit more kind of seriously invested in i mean 13 assassins is is essentially like very very similar to seven samurai um in that you you know it's it's a very slow burn story where you've got an hour probably probably it's probably about an hour of like these samurai just talking in a hut about their plans of what they're going to do and it is the most it is you, you have to wade through some really contrived complex historical lots of historical jargon lots of uh, lots of local politics lots of uh, you know lots of kind of lore and all this kind of stuff before you and then he it's almost to the point where he's teasing you a bit and then he then he he kind of breaks down the the uh, the, the the dam the the, the dam that is holding back the blood and uh, and uh you 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 get this absolutely kind of rip-roaring finale that is just kind of you know it's it's, it's not like the usual like little pockets of action throughout it's like full-on half an hour just completely over the top action spectacular and uh it's just yeah, I, I, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I remember I remember a cow being on fire at one point, or being used, yeah, cows on fire being used as like catapult fodder, and you know that's that's that kind of touches on the on what we're dealing with here. So you kind of get a nod to to you know you, you, he he's kind of teasing you with serious Takeshi Miike, and then he's kind of teasing you again with crazy Takeshi Miike, and 
but the film feels like you know properly kind of fun earnest quite straightforward genre film and it just you know he does he does that kind of thing really well but you said you've seen i've never seen blade of the immortal but you said you've seen it and it's it's actually a bit weirder i think coming after 13 assassins and harakiri which were both produced by jeremy thomas yeah. producer who you know, had many art house hits throughout the years worked with cronenberg and kitano and luminaries over the years so, and they premiered at Cannes and there's a lot of hype around those films. You know, they're not like the five other Mike films he's made this year. This is something different. And Blade of the Immortal was touted as his hundredth film. Yeah, I think so. When it premiered out of competition at Cannes that year, and we, yeah, it's just a bit more cartoony, but not really as lavishly violent as you'd want I think coming after films that were also are also coming out of, sort of the Asian action cinema over the last few years like The Raid where the the action is kinetic and the, the, the violence is you know, you know satisfying in the way that violence can be Blade of the Immortal came across as a little bit too cheap and cartoony I remember there's a bit where because he, he is immortal uh, the, the main character he has his arm chopped off and it reconnects in a very bloody scene um <laughs> I, I, I was a, a bit disappointed by it because I, I, I wanted something a bit more earnest and straight mm-hmm. from Mike. But, you know, I, I, I wonder how he's been coping this year because surely in the six months of COVID lockdown, he could have pumped out two films and a TV series. I'm sure he has done. I'm sure, I'm sure he, he, <laughs> he's that industrious. I'm sure that if you checked in on him, he's probably got like, you know, 10 credits. I, I suspect he's probably also got three films that he'd shot that needed post-production that he could have done during lockdown so i doubt that i doubt that he'll be letting up anytime soon so but (laughs) now this is this has been this has definitely been like i feel i feel like even though we've kind of name checked some of the biggies there are just tons of tons of other other films out there um that, that that are worth seeking out i mean what what one film that i've i've actually got on dvd that i'd never watched is um Misaguji's two-part 47 Ronin um mm-hmm. which is supposed to be great and uh I always I always remember the fact that his his version is like four and a half hours like it's two two parts big two-part epic is you know um and and then the 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 Keanu Reeves remake was like 74 minutes or something <laughs> so many films we could talk about I mean I, I have a couple of DVDs on the pile we didn't get to here Sword of Doom another one where it's Toshiro Mifune versus Tetsuya Nakadai with an amazing duel at the end and the the Samurai Trilogy one of the films that did cross over to the States in the 1950s but a bit more of a sort of epic melodrama in the sort of gone with the wind vein but listeners maybe there are some out there who've gone deeper down the rabbit hole of samurai cinema let us know if there's anything we've missed any recommendations you have at the usual channels at truth and movies on twitter truth and movies at tcolondon.com via email but there's also the comments section at lwlies.com slash podcast uh, david it's been a bit of a wild ride through some very violent cinema here thank you so much for joining me and sharing your recommendations thank you for having me i'm michael Eder, and as always this has been a seven digital production As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.